So we spent a lot of time this fall and really throughout this whole year talking about one particular church in the Bible, the Corinthian church. In particular, this fall, we've been in 1 Corinthians 13, and we did some time looking at that other rest of that chapter earlier this year. But a little bit of context will help us understand these words that we've talked about uh, each week. And, and we went over this once before, but I want to remind you about the Corinthian church. They were, they were a, remar- a remarkable people. There was a lot of spiritual giftedness within them. They had a lot of resource because when they were giving gifts that were taken to Jerusalem, the Corinthian church was was a leader in doing these things. There was a lot of talent, a lot of gifted people, a lot of remarkable people in this church, but but it seems as though they were missing one thing. And the one thing they were missing seems as if it was extremely important. You see, they had all of these different things going on, but, but the point that was proven in the Corinthian church is you cannot have unity within that community just based on giftedness, just based on ministry activity, just based on giving. There had to be something stronger to hold the community together. And Paul has an interesting thing to say to them. He He speaks of it in 1 Corinthians 12, and we'll read beginning in verse 12. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, you don't say that to a congregation if they're getting along real well. That's something you bring up when they're not. And specifically, what's happening here is apparently they're thinking that certain people are real important and certain ones are not. But Paul goes on through this passage to make the case that no, All of the parts are important, and no one part can tell another part that it isn't. And we have the perfect example of what that's about here. I mean, look before you. We have people who play bells. Now, if the choir were to tell the bell people, you don't matter, a piece would be missing from what God has prepared for us. Or if the brass were to tell the strings, get your own place to play we would miss out on part of the fullness God had in mind. This is very profound to me right now because it's Thanksgiving time and, and our family, which has been spread out, is beginning to gather. We're thrilled that, that Aaron is home now, and that's a happy thing for this week. Nathan will be home on Wednesday. Each of us matters in this family. Each of us has a place and a role. We're not exactly the same. In fact, we're really, clo- really far from being exactly the same, but the fullness doesn't happen until the whole family is gathered. This is what Paul is talking about in Ephesians 12, verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church first, all, first of all apostles, second prophets, 
third, teachers, and then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? And then he says this, Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. What? Are the greater things? Well, the very next thing that happens in the book of Corinthians is chapter 13. Desire the things that remain. Now remains faith, hope, and love. Yes, the gifts are fabulous, but they're not strong enough to hold the people of God together. Faith, hope, and love. These are the greater gifts. Your maker in heaven, these three gifts. 
1 Corinthians 13, verse 13. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. I want to remind you today that there are things that seem important that pass away, but there are things that remain. This fall in our considerations here, Sabbath by Sabbath, we've been trying to focus on the things that remain the deep things. When you are a Christian who is settled in the deep things, you are a powerful Christian. It all begins with faith. Your life as a Christian begins on the day that you are convicted in your heart that Jesus the Messiah is the Son of God. This is the core belief of the Christian faith. When you believe it in its fullness and in its implications, you have become a Christian. Son of God. Who is God? Well, the Scripture tells us that the identity of God that He has chosen to share with us is that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He is the one who put us here. When we have confidence in this, we have confidence for life because life is no longer absurd or an accident, but the result of a God who did this on purpose. Scripture tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please God because we must believe that He exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So I remind you today, it all begins with faith. And I ask you this question, do you believe? If you do, then as Jesus has said, may it be unto you according to your faith.
Now that is a powerful vision, isn't it? The words that we just sang from earth's wide bounds, from ocean's farthest coast, through gates of pearl, stream in the countless host. This is, this is the redeemed arriving in the kingdom of God. From across the earth, from the farthest coasts, God will bring his people together to dwell forever with him. This is what we call hope. Faith leads to hope. We have faith in the forgiveness of sins when we believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in him, our sins are forgiven, and we have hope. We have hope because Jesus is the resurrection and the life. It gives us hope. And we have hope because Jesus has made a promise. Do you remember his promise to us? He said, if I go, I will come again. Romans 5 says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint us because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So when we put our faith in Jesus, hope is born in our hearts. Do you have hope? Look in your heart today. Do you have hope? There is hope for us. Put your faith in Jesus.
John chapter 3, verse 16, for God so loved, wait a minute, why did he do it? Say it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Love is the only reason we're here today. Now, I mean that in the sense that, yes, we, we love one another, so we came to be here, but, but I only mean that secondarily. Love is the only reason we're here today because before we could have ever loved one another, God had to love us first. 1 John 4, verse 7, Dear friends, let us love one another... For love comes from where? God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because why? God is love. God is love. I don't think it's any accident that the two greatest commandments begin with what word? Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. Without love, we wouldn't be here. God is love. We are most like God when we love. Did you ever think about it that way? Did you ever think, I want to live a, a godly life? Step one, love, because God is love. Jesus gave us his identity statement. He said, I am the Christ, the Son of God. That's who he is. God gave us his identity. He said, in the beginning, I created the heavens and the earth. But there is an identity statement for the followers of Jesus. And it goes like this, John 13, verse 35. By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So, look around you. No, really, do it. Look around you. What do you see? Just one 
And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Psalm 92, verse 1 says, It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound, for you, Lord, have made me glad through your work. I will triumph in the works of your hands. We've said a lot of things this year, but, but here's what I want you to hang on to. God loves you. Let that work its way through your shell to your heart. God loves you. So why not put your faith in Him? Because faith leads to hope. And I'll bet some of you could use a little hope right now. Faith leads to hope. And love pours forth out of the one who lives in faith and hope. It just happens. Faith, hope, and love together will make you glad. And when we're glad, we'll be thankful, regardless of the challenges we face. Because remember, we glory in our tribulations because tribulations bring perseverance. And perseverance develops character, and character brings hope. So even your trials are working for your good. We have the love of God. We have salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ. We have the promise of eternal life and a sure future in God's kingdom. And you know what else? We have each other to love. Look around at each other now. Do it. Look around. Look around. Take a look. Here are the people God has given you. These are the people I love. Say it with me. These are the people I love. You have good reason to be thankful. So let's be thankful to our bountiful God, the one who loves us first. And may we always give him the best of who we are and the best of what he has given us. Our God deserves our praise. So let's raise a great song of praise to him now.
May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Amen. Amen.